once in a while on this show, we get the opportunity to have a guest on who is naturally skilled at being a coach. And I think that you're going to find that today. We've had a few guests on in the past who were very apparently natural coaches, and you can tell in the way that they're giving of their knowledge and uh, they really go out of their way to understand the the problem and deliver value. And I think that you're going to find that today's guest is one of those folks. He and I worked together as part of a business accelerator program, and uh, I was very happy with the way that it went. It was through the American Marketing Association of DC, and it was a lot of fun, and it was a nice growth opportunity. Please enjoy. What is the DNA of business marketing? How do we market ourselves now and in the future? Brand communications is evolving. Are you? Let's explore together. Spiral upwards. This is Spiral Marketing. The man, our guest today, is Walter Pollard. Walter Pollard is the founder of Brand Fusion, a marketing and sales consultancy in the B2B and B2C arena. He speaks regularly on a variety of topics regarding inbound marketing, demand generation, and sales enablement. He is the HubSpot user group leader in Washington, D.C., the founding member of the Sales Enablement Society. He has recently developed an entrepreneur coaching program through the American Marketing Association, which I mentioned. Walter, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carl. Glad to be on. Absolutely. It's nice that we can produce this kind of a show after working together directly. Now we get to give back in a in a greater fashion. Yes. Yep. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Likewise. Likewise. Well, fantastic. Sales enablement, uh, sales generation, lead generation. There's a lot we could talk about. What comes to the forefront of your mind and what would be helpful and maybe the tip of the spear for the conversation today? Yeah, I, I think an a important area of focus I, I am, uh, spend a lot of time in with my uh, consultancy is, you know, with organizations, with the dramatic shift and changes taking place with digital transformation and with uh, businesses this day, there seems to be, and it's not the fault of the business by any means, it's really, in many cases, the buyer, the customer having more knowledge than ever before, that at times there can be more, even more of a disconnect between that organization and the customer. So when I talk about this, you know, a lot of focus is around being customer centric and why organizations and businesses that is so vitally important today, more so than ever before, because customers have more information more than ever before. They're, the world is becoming more and more competitive. There's information at their fingertips. There's, information in, in regards to businesses and their competitors' information at their customers' and buyers' fingertips. And how can they potentially align that better within their organization to increase growth, rapid growth, organic growth, and things of that nature? So when I talk about this, a lot of that core focus comes around that piece of 
your marketing and your sales divisions, how you could effectively line them better. And then implementing, uh, which I believe is vitally important today, uh, sales enablement functions and initiatives and organization to work collectively with those teams to bring more clarity and more value to the customer to have worthy conversations much earlier in the sales cycle and to be the guiding light to support the reps throughout the sales cycle to make them more effective and efficient and productive at closing deals and really at the end of the day, closing revenue, more revenue for organizations. Perfect. That's a great story. It's a great way to frame up what you do in a way that is nice and linear. And uh, I think that the challenges that you're describing can be felt by a lot of listeners. But in terms of who we're speaking most clearly to, is it the sales managers and the sales executives? Is it their supporting team? Is it broader than that? Who, who do we speak most closely to with this conversation? Great question. So what I'm finding today is it really comes very much from the top down at the C-suite, the CEOs, uh, the CFOs, the chief revenue officers within companies. Um, it's smaller organizations. I don't care if you're in enterprise, mid-market, or you're in a startup. This is still a very important conversation to have and really starting from the top level down because uh, with digital transformation, what's taking place in the market today, a lot of organizations are taking a long, hard look at what they're doing and how they can find uh, new and innovative ways to grow revenue for their organization. So, of course, that would start at the top down. As well, though, I believe it's very important to have these very integrated programs with the the marketing divisions, the, the product marketing teams, the sales teams. So, of course, the VPs of sales, VPs of marketing, VP of product marketing, whoever it may be in the organization as well. After you make that sale, you're still ongoing. You're uh, finessing that customer. You want to keep them, and you, in the future, you may want to provide more value where you're upselling to them. So, of course, customer service. But again, it would start at the top level, and I say that the the C-suite and bringing in the VPs of marketing and the VPs of sales are vitally important. And it could be within organizations I mentioned, sales enablement. So if you do have uh, many organizations are just beginning at the forefront where they're really beginning to look at and implementing a sales enablement function within their organization, uh, they may already have a sales enablement practitioner place, VP of sales enablement. They may not. That all depends. And the interesting thing, where do they align? organizations today really need to look at that sales enablement individual that works closely with the marketing and sales divisions. It's not only on the sales side. So whoever is involved in that process or may be coming involved in that process. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Well, I think maybe we can parse that out a little bit as we go and maybe speak towards the different perspectives on that. But starting with the top sounds great. And Starting a little bit with why, I think that you touched at a high level very well on the why, but 
uh, I think maybe the pain points would be helpful. So what's the typical pain points that folks are feeling when they need to start looking more closely at sales enablement and it, fixing their culture is what it sounds like in, in, from my perspective, but I want to hear yours. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's in many cases very fundamental where they're just not increasing revenue for their organizations. They're, um, uh, they're a little flat in that area. They're not getting the growth they like. Uh, there's organizations out there that are just buying other companies to increase revenue for their companies. And they're looking at ways to find ways today where they can actually increase revenue. So again, being uh, wanting to find new ways to create revenue within their organization where their sales teams, they may not um, have the support system totally in play that's providing the reps the ability to be highly effective at selling. Um, there's organizations today are still focusing on, as an example, on uh, starting pitch with product service where they should be really focusing on value-based sales methodology, solution-based selling, or whatever it may be. Uh, it could be the case where Again, they don't have strong alignment between the marketing and sales divisions. Uh, their uh, buyer's journey process does not align with their sales process, or their sales process may be a little bit older, and they're looking to update the sales process and their overall sales methodology. Um, it could be that you know they have a, a strong onboarding program for the first six weeks for the rep to come in, but then the rep goes out the door and begins selling, but they don't have that good support system in play where um, ongoing providing that rep, the ongoing knowledge and information skills they need to be able to effectively close deals, which we really call this day and age everboarding. So how can you provide them that um, knowledge from a, it could be from a content perspective and um, where they can quickly access information they need because reps are, move very quickly and they want to be able to learn at their own pace as quickly as they possibly can. So you have to make sure you have information they can access at their fingertips very quickly. And also having the right kind of content, micro content. A rep doesn't want to look through a 40 page PDF. They want to get that information quickly. I also say if um, it, it could be that reps are spending too much time um, not selling. There's spending a great deal of their time um, in the CRM systems or doing other things, busy work. All those are important to an organization. You need to have those, but how can you effectively align them and maximize the time where the reps can actually spend more time selling, which is most valuable to the organization. Also value-based messaging, or do you have a good messaging architecture in place for the reps to um, be able to sell the products and service where they're bringing, you know, starting the conversation with the potential customer based upon value. So there's really a, a variety of areas with enablement. So from training to, to coaching, so you talked about to the the messaging, to the content component, uh, the processes, the sales process, the buyer's journey, how you align that, um, having the right playbooks in place. 
and then having as a deliverable the technology at the end to deliver this is vitally important. And I find that a lot of companies that are just, because you asked about sales enablement, um, are just beginning to look at this. And like anything, you really have to have a strong foundational element of a sales enablement strategy and framework in place to be successful to implement a sales enablement function within an organization. So that's foundational, of course. Love it. So that was what I was going to ask is, are we as a topic, it sounds like we're focusing at a high level, the umbrella of sales enablement. That's really what you're describing is the, all that's encompassed in sales enablement. Is that correct? Yeah, a lot of that does, but it also involves, you know, enablement, it very much involves strong alignment of the marketing sales team. So as my organization, we are a marketing sales consultancy, and that's on purpose. And we focus on enablement as well to bring those uh, divisions together. Um, I, it's more important than ever before because uh, the touch points from marketing to sales throughout the whole pipeline, uh, from the top of the funnel down, is vitally important that they're really well connected and that they can communicate communicate collectively ongoing throughout that process and it's very important that they're both involved in that and you find organizations that effectively align their marketing sales team they are a lot more effective and efficient and they have the ability a lot of those organizations really increase up revenue based upon that the way they put the systems together so enable it's part of it but it's also the alignment of those marketing and sales uh, teams so to speak Love it. Yeah, that's a touchy subject, isn't it? Because yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Helping uh, marketing and sales communicate. Well, uh, could you give us, in a sentence, a definition for sales enablement? I would say um, at the end of the day, it's all about creating the effective efficiency of the reps to be more productive and um, increasing revenue for the organization at a foundational level. And that's the most important piece to it. I mean, if you can enhance the ability for the reps to be more effective and productive at doing their job to close deals, um, that's what um, at a foundational level sales enablement is about. Now, granted, as I say, sales enablement is a mile wide and a foot deep. And it's not for any one organization where they have to do, it's not all or nothing to be effective, but Again, having that strategy and foundational component, the framework component of sales in place is vitally important and how you can integrate. There's different pillars to sales enablement, one, as I talked about a little bit earlier, um, that are really important to implement for organizations, but they can do that over time. Well, let's let's talk about the pillars in a second. I think it would be great for us to go through the the different pillars and give a little bit of value on each one of some mm-hmm. background. But I think it may also be helpful to talk through a story. So, do you have any high level stories of when you were able to approach a sales enablement situation and help it come through to a positive result? Yeah, so I, I would say uh, very much uh, focus from the perspective of, again, uh, 
looking, going in and looking at uh, organization um, from a perspective holistically and uh, where they sat yesterday to move them forward today. Uh, so from a really storyline perspective, uh, taking a long look, hard look at an organization, are they, are they aligned well? Are they, um, how are they selling today? Um, and very much, but starting again from the perspective of the customer, are they providing immediate value to the customer? Are they customer centric? And really what I've done is being able to build out those strategies based upon working backwards from the customer and focusing on the marketing and sales alignment piece and implementing sales enablement initiatives and programs in place where those organizations may not have been uh, focusing within a specific area of their business from a sales perspective as much, uh, where they're growing revenue, where aligning those divisions, where they actually were able to um, enhance and grow revenue within the organization based upon taking on these initiatives. There's many pieces to this, of course, but again, it's it's all about, as I mentioned, it really, at the end of the day, my job is to enhance revenue growth. Perfect. That's great, Walter. No need to name names, but I'd love to hear an actual situation that kind of humanizes with an example. Does that bring up any ideas? Sure. I would say, um, I'm thinking of, of one client, we're very focused from the perspective of taking a good hard look at them, what they were doing um, at a level of their sales level to um, grow revenue for the organization. And what we actually did is um, came into the organization and helped them pivot their focus where they were focusing in a specific area to grow revenue for their business. But they really didn't have in place the, the the right sales process, the right sales methodology, and they weren't fully aligned with the marketing team. So we brought those two teams together to bring together the service level agreements to set up common goals and business objectives, and then build a path of a, a function, sales enablement function within the organization where we helped align the marketing and sales divisions uh, help them with their uh, ever-boarding process to provide support to the sales reps as they were targeting these specific clients, potential customers, and build a system in play where they had the knowledge, skills, and expertise to reps to be more effective at selling, and they were more customer-centric. So at the end of the day, they were able to we were able to put together the strategy and system in place and then the deliverable with technology, and of course the technology is only good as your strategy and implementation, and align, again, the marketing sales teams to actually drive more traffic to the website, convert more potential leads from an, uh, the inbound perspective, to fully have a good grasp on those who those leads were, to effectively manage them through the sales pipeline to close, and then also support from a customer service perspective ongoing where in the future, of course, they would be potentially, they had multiple different products so upsell in the future. But alignment, and that also occurred from the on, onboarding, training, messaging component 
um, content that had to be put in place and then the technology and uh, realignment of the sales process and the sales methodology. I see. Is it a hard conversation to have, especially oh, at the it, onset? It can be. Yes. I mean, it's, it, there's, there's, in that case, there was more to it. I, I just don't always do full blown initiatives like that. It's not all or enough. Sometimes I come into organizations and we are just as a consultant, helping them in a very specific narrow area uh, for that. But the, within that case, yes, it takes, it's a long process, but I'm a big believer in um, providing value to the client, not only from the end results, but providing value very early on to provide the information and insights they need to that educational component to have a better understanding of that process you're taking and the value behind that process, which does take longer, but it's vitally important. Excellent. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about the pillars and how to provide value at each step. So do you want to take inventory again, just at a high level of what, what list we'd want to work through with 20 minutes or so? Sure. Sure. But let's just talk through, you know, the, the different pillars I see on the enablement end. So the important piece again, and I, we've, talked about uh, here, uh, mentioned a number of times that alignment piece. So as you're going to uh, develop the pillars of sales enablement, again, I think it's very early early on to have bring marketing sales to the table as you begin an initiative, okay, to put the pillars in place. So um, however an organization works, whether uh, you need to bring in a uh, implementation of a service level agreement based upon common goals and business objectives that marketing and sales can work through collectively, um, or however you do that. Uh, some organizations that come in, they're actually they moving the needle where they're really uh, – solve the issue where they weren't aligned previously marketing sales and beginning to align them. Also, I think the other important piece to this again is product, product marketing into these conversations as well. Um, and of course there's conversations and goals all fall around. Let's face it, revenue, what are the revenue goals and what do we need to get there? How can marketing support those efforts on a monthly basis? How can they support this? But so when the, the in the pillars of sales enablement, foundationally, you have to have, you would put coaching and training one pillar. Um, onboarding, as I mentioned earlier, onboarding is very important. So when reps come in the door, what kind of onboarding programs do you have in place? And uh, as well, everboarding components you have in place from a training side. What is everboarding? Everboarding is... In essence, it's ongoing training or coaching for the rep. So everboarding would be in a case where you may have weekly calls with your sales manager as well. You're building a, uh, you may be building a digital um, 
sales playbook based upon specific personas, but that digital playbook is this not in document form. It is connected to a great deal of knowledge and information that the rep needs that they can get at their fingertips at a moment notice. So you may be able to build in video content, question and answer series. I can go on and on. But where I'm a rep, I'm getting ready to call a specific prospect and I need to get more information on that prospect before I call them. I can go in and gather the knowledge I need. And it's, so it's ongoing. And that way, since you don't have to rely on constantly calling a sales manager, you can get quick information that you need at your fingertips being a sales rep. So how you build those ongoing programs that could consistently support the rep and they're consistently changing because sales changes, clients change, the way you sell changes that is consistently there on a daily basis. It may even be video whiteboarding sessions with a manager, whether you go through Slack, set up a meeting, they call you, they connect in through a Zoom meeting, you go through a video whiteboard session because that rep may be potentially have a number of questions to ask or potentially stuck within a given sales scenario. So it could be, but again, at the end of the day, it's about the ongoing support on a daily basis for the rep. And again, it's many different assets to that. Perfect. So I didn't mean to railroad you there. Are there more? No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. Are so there more pillars? Uh, yeah. Well, and also though, on the coaching side mm -hmm. is really important. So the, the, the sales managers where you're providing them the information and the skills and whatever they need to help them, on a daily basis support the reps. I think that's a really other important component because those sales managers are really there to help uh, the reps close deals and really coach and train them and support them. So how you actually support those um, sales managers from a coaching perspective is vitally important for them to uh, take it to the actual reps themselves. So coach the coaches, so to speak. As well, another really important component uh, is the messaging component. Um, a lot of companies, um, and I understand why, have more challenges with this, um, building out the right messaging uh, strategies and value-based, I'm a big believer in value-based messaging for the reps and where they can provide reps the necessary resources and information based upon uh, how they message out to the customer, whether it's based upon their product or service or they're building a value-based messaging component, especially towards the top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, you're going to want to make focus more on value-based messaging and how you can provide value to the customer. So that could also loop back into the training and coaching component. Supporting those reps, not only creating the content from a messaging component, so they're all consistently on the same message, the reps, but also that you're supporting them through that whole process. So messaging is really vital um, within an enablement ecosystem. I'd also say another pillar really important is that content component. What kind of content are you providing the reps that they can get at a moment notice? Um, a lot of companies create a lot of great content, but the problems and challenges they have, there's way too much content. It's uh, not structured and organized in the right way uh, where the reps can easily access it. 
the reps may not even know that that content exists. And they, the reps need to get access to the content. I have a rule. They need, if they're looking for something and you have a depository of content, they need to get access to it within three to five minutes. Or they're just going to go away. And what happens? They create their own PowerPoint. They they, they add in their their their, de- their slide deck. They add in the different slides they want to add in. They add in their own messaging. And it may be as great as those reps may be, it may be a little bit off track with what the company's looking for from the perspective as they're taking that client through, or the customer through the prospective sales process. So creating the right content that's easily digestible and that they can access, they know where it resides, the rep that can access it quickly is vitally important if they're sending information out. And that could be internal content and that could be external to the client. That's another component. So that'd be the third component. I'd say the fourth component is the um, the process component. Do you make sure in the pillars that your your buyer's journey aligns with your sales process? That your um, sales mes- methodology aligns through this whole process, and that you create your the way you create your content, the way you create your messaging, your ongoing training and value you provide to your actual reps, that that's mapped out through that whole sales process. Again, so based upon uh, the type of individual um, a rep may be dealing with through the sales process, that some companies that could deal with five to seven different um, uh, individuals through the whole buying process. How can they quickly access information based upon that and um, to provide value to that individual they're actually talking to that takes them to the next stage of the sales process? So make sure your content and everything's aligned to your sales process and you have your processes down. And of course, then I would say the technology component would be the next piece with your metrics and data. And um, again, as I mentioned earlier, your technology is at the end of the day, your technology should only be a deliverable to the means to the end to be for the reps to be successful. If you don't have the right content, if you don't have the right messaging, if you don't have the right coaching training program, if you don't have the right strategy and framework in place, your technology is not going to help you. But if you have those systems in place, Again, take as example, take your sales process. How do you effectively map it um, within your pipeline, creating pipelines in your CRM system, in your deal stages, and implementing the content and adding that in? And you, how are you connecting potentially a um, sales enablement application that integrates with your CRM system for housing that other information that the reps can easily access that content at different stages of the sales cycle is vitally important. Again, some organizations need to move slow, as I say, to move quickly. So it's not, again, sales enabled doesn't have to be, as I spell out all these pillars, it doesn't have to be at all or nothing. But as I mentioned earlier, you at least want the foundational elements in place of a sales enablement strategy and framework that you can build off of. But these different pillars are very important as you mature as an organization, as you mature with a sales enablement function, as you further align your marketing sales team. If you're really looking uh, to take that customer-centric approach and really grow revenue for your business, 
the more you can implement implement and integrate together, the better. But at the end of the day, it's got to be easy for the reps to access and get, you don't want to overcomplicate things. So in essence, that spells out the different pillars. There's a lot of detail, but I won't go into all that today, but hopefully that gives you at least a good viewpoint. Yes, that was a lot of very helpful information. Thank you. Mm-hmm. That's a good, sure. good rundown. It's, it's, I think it's going to be hard to go through each one and then collect tips and how to's. It would, that sounds like a whole afternoon session, uh, which would be fun. But uh, let's see what, so maybe it would an example of, I keep on thinking about your, your pillar of aligning the customer journey to the sales roadmap. And I'm wondering if an example, a good example of that might be helpful as a tip. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, um, cause whether you, you know, the customer journey, the, the buyer's journey or whatever it's called, people call it. I see that, um, uh, again, in some organization, why I separate both of those out because uh, marketing team may focus on the buyer's journey and then you have sales with the sales process, right? <laughs> so again, you have a division. How can you know the marketing team's looking at the buyer's journey, but they're not paying attention to the sales process, right? And all the time. Now I'm not saying that marketers don't pay any attention to the sales process. And in fact, marketers are, becoming um, more and more sophisticated looking at the sales side of the business, which I think is great. And uh, sales folks are better understanding of marketing individuals and taking a long, hard look at the customer at earlier stages of the sales cycle. But the tips I would say is if you look at your buyer's journey as a whole, and the different stages they're taking, making sure those buyer journey stages line up with your sales process stages, the different stages. And then when you align both of those initially, then you can begin taking a step back based upon very specifically, um, number one, you need to look at who are your potential customers, right? Do you have... um, 10 different types of customers, whoever they are. Uh, How many products are you selling? Or do you sell one product? How many services do you sell? And really align based upon those products, services, and those type of customers are going to buy those individual products and services and how you align them through that sales process and um, with the different content, the different messaging. So at the Uh, At the prospecting stage, you may have specific information you're providing as a rep. You may have specific messaging. You may be providing that rep specific information and training that they may find value in based upon that prospect. But aligning the sales process to the buyer's journey and how you can map it out, the different content you need based upon the individual buyer and the product you're selling is a great way to take a look at this. Again, first align them, map them out, bring the sales and marketing teams together to go through this. And a lot of times it works backwards from an organization with their sales processes. Or they may be implementing a new sales process and then you how you align that buyer's journey throughout that. Would it be helpful to give a couple, that's great. Would it be helpful to give a couple specific examples of what to align? Yeah, so um, 
I would say, uh, and again, this depends upon organization, but um, for instance, um, you may be aligning uh, at the middle of the funnel. You may be um, the aligning areas of, let's say, a demo. Um, you have that stage where you're doing a demo. You sell software as a service as an organization. Well, what you may want to look at in that demo stage um, for the sales process, how marketing can work collectively with sales to provide value to that potential client before the demo. So they may want to provide them specific information that's very valuable before they go into the demo stage. So providing that very specific content. And at the same time, that marketing and sales are completely in line at that stage of the sales cycle based upon that specific client, customer, type of customer, or persona, whatever you want to call it, based upon that specific uh, SaaS product you're selling that you're actually demoing, that you're making sure you have that specific piece of content in place. Um, it also could be at the very early stage, whatever we, and based upon sales process, the processes, there's different sales processes, there's different sales methodologies, there's different buy process, but just generally speaking at the awareness stage of a sales cycle, those beginning stages. And I think it's, I believe it's more important than ever before, and I want to get off topic here, that prospecting stage for reps, I think it's a great opportunity because the earlier they can get in the door, since the world is so highly competitive this day and age uh, in the digital realm, the earlier you can get in as a rep to potentially um, influence a potential customer um, through value that you provide and your service that you provide or your product you're the more chance you have to close that deal. So at that awareness stage, you within the sales cycle, you may have three different steps that a uh, rep is taking. Again, how do you provide value to that rep? What are you going to provide them at those early stages of the sales cycle? It may be where there could be an outreach effort based upon your B2B business, um, your targeting. And you want to focus on um, a social selling piece from a prospecting perspective at that early stage of the sales cycle. Content they could potentially use messaging, they could effectively use within LinkedIn. You could also provide them value based upon training initiatives uh, when targeting these types of buyers um, to get more engagement and get more conversation going with those potential buyers. Uh, tag them in your LinkedIn post. Put the, add this type of message we find works really well. This kind of content where you're providing value and that helps incrementally. It just helps build and um, throughout the whole sales funnel, starting at the early stages of that prospecting stage of the sales cycle. And again, lining to marketing and awareness stage. Perfect. Okay. Well, how about this? Since we've got the pillars and obviously we could spend a, a lot of time on every pillar, which we don't have, could we go through a few tips for each cycle? Each sure. Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, well, let, let's start with the, um, the onboarding and, and coaching and training process. So uh, one thing I find working really well now for different organizations and uh, 
for instance, let's just talk about the coaching component on this side real quickly. And I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but we're finding that um, video is working really well for reps to um, create that engagement where they can get the information quickly. So if you, as a sales manager, you could build connectivity with the reps using Slack, where you could have a channel that they could come into if they they request a whiteboarding session with you, because again, there's potentially have questions or stuck with a specific challenge based upon closing a deal. They come into Slack, they set up a meeting, and they can have that meeting guaranteed that is set up with a very specific period of time that same day within an hour. And that they can come in and then again use Zoom or Skype or whatever it may be where uh, that sales manager is in Boston, that reps in California, but the sales manager takes them through a whiteboarding session that they actually see the sales manager, the video, the whiteboarding session provides them all the information that they need. They record it and then can send it to that rep. But it's immediate where that rep's getting the information they need and get the visual representation through the whiteboarding session. There's one example. Um, well, from they, could, a, they could even share a video podcast to one of their needy uh, colleagues. Precisely. Just, just, just an idea. Precisely, precisely. Say that. <laughs> and, you know, I that that's a great point you bring up. I think it's it's really important because... Um, reps rely on different reps to get information, right? How are you able to close this deal with this type of client? I'm dealing with this type of client now. So if you have a library of information in regards to that, it's, it's invaluable if that's recorded and you can um, effectively catalog it, so to speak. Um, from, a, from a messaging architecture component, um, I would say... Um, uh, having those early stage setting up that messaging architecture where you're having those early stage value-based conversations with the potential client really based upon their core problems and challenges. Again, the reps not having the early stage conversations where they are pitching product or service. They're learning more about the client, but where they can provide value, having a clear, crystallized understanding of their problems. And you can message to that to provide value to the conversation and then send them information that can support them in that process to even provide more value and build credibility and trust. It may be knowledge. It may be valuable insights. It may be unconsidered needs that that uh, potential customer was not aware of that you're having a value-based conversation with, which is really valuable. And that can potentially help move them from the status quo uh, that we deal with in many cases with customers. That reminds me of something that you said. You gave a quote about that particular topic that stuck with me about what people buy. People don't buy products and services. They buy outcomes, right? They buy outcomes. Mm -hmm. They buy outcomes. If I think. Unfortunately for all of us, no one cares what we're selling. They, they care about the outcome and the value we can provide to solve the problem. And that's more apparent and more important than ever before. It's always been important, but uh, especially this day and age, because again, the buyer has more information than ever before. Um, they It's become more competitive in the sales process. So the more value you can provide, the better. And I really see 
the great sales reps today are like um, uh, 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 management consultants where they're coming in and just providing that real value that they really can help the, that um, that organization dealing with six different individuals you talk to throughout that sales process, every step along the way to provide value is key. So then I would say um, uh, the content piece is, is again, uh, I mentioned this earlier, but really focus on micro content. Reps want to get quick, digestible information that they can provide to their clients. Again, um, the days of sending a 20 to 30 page ebook based upon the conversation you had uh, with a uh, customer and following up with a 20 or 30 page PDF ebook or white paper and so forth. Does it have value? Yes, but that customer doesn't have time to read through all that. And you're usually based upon that core customer's problem. You're usually focusing in a specific area. So be able to digest that, to have the tools where the reps can go in and pick two pages out of that PDF file, white paper to send to that customer that provides value. That's really key. So that's the way you catalog your content, the way you organize your content, the way you create your content, um, provide value there. And I'd also say when you're emailing that uh, client, those two pages instead of those 30 pages really provide value and builds credibility and trust for you. Use other tools. Use tools like there's many tools out there. Use video in your messaging to really builds that engagement and that one-to-one connectivity. Hey, Carl, great speaking to you earlier today. I wanted to provide you this information based upon our conversation. Hopefully, um, these insights based upon what we talked about is valuable to you. Love to hear your thoughts on this. Look forward to talking next week. You know, it's again, all about providing value. So using different tools, like um, Vidyard or Wistia has tools out there now where you can, uh, through your browser, they have plugins where you can actually record video. If you All you need is a webcam and create video quickly that you can automatically link to and put in your email. And these tools are free. So how you can effectively use those tools. Um, another piece to this, I would say, is um, also take a look at um, from a technology perspective, we haven't talked too much about, you know, technology is def- definitely advancing, but you know, whatever you use, make sure it, it at the end of the day, it's got to be easy for the reps to access and use or you're not going to use it at all. So when you're thinking of your CRM system, what do we all know? Reps, most reps don't like to spend time in CRM systems. I understand why. The easier you can make it for them. So instead of filling out 10 fields and doing A, B, C, and D and taking them 30, 20 minutes per contact to put that information, have them do two or three fields where they can quickly get in, put the information in that's important, necessary, and in a way you may even have an automation process on the back end that ties back to the marketing end to, to that um uh, reminders for that rep, but make it, find ways to make it easier for the reps where it's still highly effective for the company to get the data they need based upon the individual contact records. Also to start taking a look at 
I'd say um, if you're really looking at sales enablement, start taking a look at different sales enablement applications. There's some great ones out there that are really great for cataloging content and be able to access information very quickly and manage content effectively. And um, they have email tools, they have other tools in there. Great uh, analytical data on very specific content that's important to marketing to have a much better understanding what's working, what's not working. And uh, what is the customer doing with that content? Is it a value again? So do you have any there's many facets of, of this. Technologies? Yeah, so there's there's different um, organizations and companies out there out there. There's it, just a name. There's one of many. There's um, uh, there's a company called ClearSlide. Um, there's uh, I can go on and on. There's Savo. There's Big Tin Can. There's High Spot, uh, Mind Tickle. There's many different organizations out there, and th- many of these are beginning to integrate with third party CRMs as now. Their majority are integrating with Salesforce. Uh, and now they're beginning to look at other CRM applications that they begin integrating with. So, you know, of course, it's important to have that seamless process in place. And a lot of these tool sets are, of course, very mobile compatible because reps out in the field, they want to, again, the golden rule. Five minutes or left, the reps need to get access to that information. Go in, three clicks, four clicks, bang, I can get what I need, digest what I need very quickly with micro content, be able to send it off, learn, whatever it may be, is really important. Beautiful. Okay. Well, excellent. Sounds like we've gone through uh, at least having a few tips on each pillar, which is fantastic. Are there other resources that you typically suggest to folks to learn more about uh, sales enablement overall, maybe some uh, other thought leaders in the space that you enjoy following that would be good inspiration? Yeah, so um, I I am part of the, um, I'm biased, of course, here, but I'm part of the Sales Enablement Society. Um, And we have a community-based site, and there's a lot of great information in there. Um, You can find in, uh, there's many different outlets where you can find information. There's um, Sales Hacker. I know HubSpot's creating a lot of content. These different companies I told you about, um, again, the high spots of the world, the clear slides, uh, Miller-Hyman Group, um, Serious Decisions, uh, CSO Insights is part of Miller-Hyman Group. Um, I can go on and on. I know I'm missing a number of different people, but there's a lot of great information out there um, that you can gather a lot of valuable insights. Um, uh, A lot of companies are beginning to focus on sales enablement. And uh, I think we're very much to the early stages of it still in the first inning. But as those companies focus more and more on it and specialize in those areas, they're providing more value where you can go get those resources you need. So, Excellent. Okay. That sounds very helpful. I often ask guests if they have a mantra. And uh, I'll put that out there for you if you if you do. However, I also a, a related question that I think is more specific to this situation is: Are there any quotes that you feel like really resonate well with executives, salespeople, marketing people, where all of a sudden they a light bulb goes off and uh, that quote sticks for them? 
Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so I, I would say, um, I don't know if it's the exact quote, but I would say re really find it sticks with um, C-level executives today and a lot they're really looking at um, organic growth in the digital economy. How can I increase organic growth in the digital economy? Um, you know, these aren't any quotes, but, you know, we're all these organizations are looking how to increase revenue. And again, I don't care if you're a startup, if you're a mid-market organization or enterprise, uh, all those core areas are vitally important. You know, areas to um, catalyze growth within an organization. Um, I think organizations are very much looking to see, and again, this is where this marketing sales alignment piece comes in, how can they become more nimble, more transparent, and be more customer-centric to increase revenue? Beautiful. Okay, very good. And how about for yourself? Do you have a mantra? Do I have a mantra? Um, I'd say that um, my mantra is, uh, since we live in a fast-paced world this day in the, in the industry I am, uh, always stay top of your game. And uh, at the end of the day, it's all about focus providing value. That's, that's what I'm all about. And not only for myself, but for my customers, of course. Absolutely. And their customers. Well, I think that's that's very apparent, and uh, I'm sure that listeners and viewers can appreciate that. Uh, excellent. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we wrap? No, I just want to thank you for your uh, time today. Hopefully your um, listeners get some value out of this and um, uh, love having these conversations. Again, appreciate you having me on. Well, it's my pleasure, Walter. The very last question is where can folks go to learn more about you and to reach you? Yes. So uh, my website is brandfusion.com, and that's fusion, F-U-Z as in zebra, not S. Z as in zebra, I-O-N.com. It's the cool spell. And, yeah, and they can also find me, Walter Pollard. I'm on LinkedIn. Great deal. Perfect. And I'll absolutely have those links in the show notes page at spiralmarketing.com. Walter, it's been a great pleasure to have you on, and uh, I, I thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Cheers.